there's going to be innovation. But you can do anything with bayonets except sit on them. 99.999% probability of invasion. Putin does what he says. I think by the 21st, the day after the Olympics, the day after the um, exercises in Belarus end, I think it's very, very likely that um, you know, the war will have started by then. I also believe uh, the date that you chose after the Olympics is is probably a good a good date. If it hasn't kicked off by the end of the Olympics, that's when it kicks off. Right now, uh, Putin has about 130,000 troops massed around the around the border. I don't think that's enough to seize the whole country. It's not. It's not remotely. Enough. Here's what I think is going to happen. There'll probably be a limited operation to deny the Ukrainians access to the Black Sea. I think the main effort is going to be moving south from Russia and Belarus. And I think you're going to have one pincer movement, but two sides to that movement. You need to come through Belarus to avoid a major river crossing to encircle Kiev. And, and then in order to get you know, and then I think you're going to have the second fan will come from Russia, which will just, you know, be across the river. Um, but it won't necessitate you have to cross. And I think they're just going to encircle Kiev and they're going to use that as a bargaining chip to for enforce a regime change. During war, the incompetence is exposed. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here again with T.C. McCarthy. Today, we're going to uh, discuss the perennial topic of the Ukraine-Russia war, and um, we nailed it. <laughs> we totally nailed it. Now, yeah, we did, now the, unfortunately. The only thing we, I mean, I wouldn't, I won't say we got it wrong, but the the I think the, the fundamental premise that we at least I certainly got wrong was that I had the strategy right. I just I, I've been frankly brainwashed by the U.S. military into believing that the Russians were any good. Well, yeah, me too. I, I gave them almost I wouldn't say superhuman abilities, but certainly abilities that are on a par. We're on a par with the U.S. military um, and our abilities. And boy, did that turn out to be, uh, you know, an assumption that was not valid. Well, I, just, I, mean, I can go like multiple examples. It's just like the basic blocking and tackling. Uh -huh. So if you look, there was the, there, there's um, a an ambush at just north of Ukraine that was widely publicized where you had all these tanks that were going through a residential area Right. The residential area was like in between like these massive fields and like the tanks were bunched up nose to butt. And the Ukrainians not only ambushed them successfully, which I mean, you could be um, you know, touched in the head and still still get that ambush. Right. And you know, not only did they succeed at the ambush, they also killed the regimental commander of that unit. So there's that example. There's the example that we just watched of that 40 mile convoy. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to one of my former colleagues about like, how's like, that's not even possible. That's gotta be like a, a journalistic 
failure to understand like and i thought about it i'm like no if you think the if you think about maybe the average length of a tank is x and then you just multiply it by a thousand and you know, give some distance right well i even have no distance because that convoy had no distance you could easily get to 40 miles well and so, that goes back to your your basic blocking and tackling there was no spacing there's no spacing whatsoever between those vehicles none no spacing. And then also like the, the thing that every like base conscript I would think would be taught or trained uh, in the army, we had NCOs. So, you know, they ensured that it would happen. But if you stop like a column for any amount of time, you, the tank in front of you goes to the right, the tank, you know, you go to the left, the tank behind you goes to the right and you go, it's called a herringbone formation, like a fish, right? And you're supposed to do that. Now, it's, is it going to prevent you from getting slayed or attacked by aircraft? No, but it'll limit it. It'll limit the number of casualties that you'll take well, from someone just doing a strafing run on an easy column. And I think I think you and I talked once, like off camera, not not during one of these discussions, about a video that I saw about that column in particular, where one of the um, Turkish drones was used against it. And it wasn't just that the vehicles were parked back to back. There were three lines yeah, abreast. of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, three abreast. And back to back. And so I think that the, um, the Ukrainian drone targeted uh, either an actual anti-aircraft missile launcher in the middle of one of those areas or a reloading vehicle, something. Because once that got hit, there were all sorts of secondaries and sympathetic detonations just took out that whole segment of the of the convoy, so the 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 Russian military just is not uh, capable of performing at the level of of the U.S. or probably many of the the NATO military um, forces. There's a, there's also a phenomenal BBC report about what happened to the 331st uh, Guards Parachute Regiment. I saw that. It was amazing. And yeah, it sounds like the, the Facebook posts and all that. Is that the one? Yeah. Like whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever the tur- like the Cyrillic V and K are, because there's like yeah. a VK Facebook. Uh, yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, and, great reporting. And they, yeah, I, I, you, you have to go outside the United States to get that yep. kind of reporting because American journalists are, you know, going to talk about their, um, you know, the, the white privilege of the 331st guards. Uh, well, and, and not like, I, I don't know if how listeners will respond to the comment I'm about to make, but what the hell. Um, I get tired of CNN and uh, Fox does it too, where they have these packages that they just rerun every hour. And, and there's no, um, nothing new in what they report about the, about the war. When, you know, if I go on Twitter or if I go on um, some YouTube channel that's running live cameras, I can see that there's new events constantly. Well, now, hat tip to the New York Times. You, like their reporting has actually been excellent of this. I, have, this I haven't paid attention to it. it it's not as periodic uh, as, as you would hope, but given the level of sophistication, it's, it's actually fairly impressive. And, 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 and like, frankly, I think there's a lot of stuff the New York Times publishes that's complete and utter um you know just bad reporting on on the kind of the military side they're actually pretty good so what they did is there was a an event i don't know exactly where it happened in ukraine 
but what they did was using like the live live map oh yeah yeah great source right they would they would triangulate that with social media posts about you know they they talked about and they were they were actually correct on the naming of vehicles so they were talking about an mtlb armored personnel carrier right and they're like okay and they are also triangulating with radio traffic too they intercepted radio traffic and they're like okay they're talking about this mtlb and it was down in this location and then the social media post shows a down like an abandoned mtlb all right so that's verified here's what's happened here's what's happening on the map at this point really excellent coverage and then yesterday or the day before i can't remember exactly when they put out another like infographic that went through the very beginning of the war because they're starting to go back and get more information as the ukrainians liberate you know contested areas but remember in like the gulf war or sorry the iraq war where where the u.s military did that thunder run yeah, like yeah, right into Baghdad, like yeah. very, very early on. And it was like, you know, most of us were like, oh, man, urban combat. I don't know yeah. about this. And they just went and did it. The Russians did something similar like in the initial days and they got slaughtered. Oh, yeah, they screwed it up big time. But they were but they were in downtown. They were in downtown Kiev. I never saw them in downtown unless you're talking about recon elements. Uh, it wasn't like a massive force yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did yeah. like they did like a yeah. thunder run in well, downtown kiev did you see the um the vdv element as- assigned to hostmill airport that was supposed to take it and hold until that thunder run linked up with them and um did you did you because the russians put it out as kind of a propaganda piece yeah I've, um, i saw where there was like they, they just seized it yeah and the, everybody was clean and they were moving through and stuff yeah, like that and I, then I they apparently struck. took it back I was struck by how um, non, you know, everyone's walking upright. Everybody's bunched together. Uh, They didn't seem to have any sense of like, somebody said this on Twitter. I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but they didn't seem to have any sense. And I agree, no sense of urgency or danger, right? Just almost like it was just an exercise and that this, there was nothing. Which is is crazy because like, if, if I was part of a light airborne unit, and I just took an airfield, I would be digging, trying in, to find like, cover as yeah, soon as possible yeah, yeah. because the artillery is going to follow. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'd be, I'd get out that shovel first thing, you know? Yeah. Unless, unless, well, uh, the, the only, the only time the Russians have that instinct is when the soil is irradiated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you believe this stuff like these guys, like apparently there's like an extremely irradiated ring in chernobyl where like the ground it's it's called like the red zone or or i forget what it's called it's like the red ground or something the red soil something like really like it's the red forest the The red red forest that's what it is the red forest these guys dug trenches in the red forest like and then they're driving like armored vehicles. So if anybody, you know, if you've ever driven armed vehicles, it churns up a lot of dust. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they had a condition at the National Training Center where I used to work as a, you know, when I was in the military called brown lung, because you take up so much of this dust yeah. that it was starting to impact folks, you know, fo- people's lungs. So these knuckleheads, like they're driving around in these armored vehicles, churning up radioactive, <laughs> or, you know, radiated dust. And then they're like, and then they had to evacuate. It's just like, who, 
who's the Muldoon who like told him to dig in? So, like, I, I, need, I need y'all. I don't need y'all to dig some dirt. We're gonna get attacked out here in the red forest. You know, even though there's no no wildlife we see because they're all dead. I mean, it's just like what? What? Having, the? having worked He's, at several nuclear facilities where there this is were... the country. This country, <laughs> Russians have the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. Well, not only on that, they the were planet. responsible for that accident, right? They knew the yeah, details. Yeah. I mean, like, HBO did a miniseries on it. <laughs> they ju- they just did that miniseries, so it's like fresh in everybody's heads. But uh, having worked at nuclear facilities where there were no accidents, I can tell you right now, you know, when a reactor has been running for for several you know decades, and they've shut it down, um, and it's been mothballed essentially, or even it's been totally you know not disassembled, but it everything the lower levels have been filled with concrete. Um, you know, everything is boarded up. Nobody is allowed entry into there because it's going to be hot for a very long time. Um, you have to get special permissions to dig. You know, nine times out of 10, it's not dangerous, but there's a whole boatload of paperwork you've got to go through to even take a shovel and dig a few inches into the soil, <laughs> let alone whatever these Russians were doing. Well, we would have a fuel spill. In the National Training Center, we used to have to like dig and, and like put the soil on and like the contaminated soil and you know evacuate it. it would cost millions, like you know, I don't know, millions of dollars. But we well, like, don't want to get into the drinking water and all that, right? right? It, it, it can be bad, but yeah, but there's just like, I saw no environmental re- remediation of these well, guys, and, you know. And I can't remember if you and I talked about this in last episode or offline, but you know, getting back to something you said in terms of um, their lack of, of basic, you know, understanding of tactics and, and um, procedures. Somebody who I work with uh, actually was involved when he was an active duty um, uh, enlisted guy, worked with Russian enlisted forces. This was back before 2014, right? This was mm-hmm. back in the 2000s or something. Um, and what he was struck by was that the, the average enlisted soldier in the Russian army has zero initiative. They cannot do anything on their own. And um, it's only when they're given orders by an officer can they do something. And so they always have to go and ask permission, always have to, to wait. If they don't have orders, they will just sit there and do nothing. And, um, and it's part of the problem. We'll wait and see. I don't know if this will spur Russia to do this, but they really need a robust NCO core. They don't have it. You've got a lot of junior enlisted people. You've got some experienced enlisted people. Not very many of them are sergeants, right? There's hardly any. And then you've got officers. And, um, and so I don't know what the exact numbers are in terms of, you know, lieutenant per enlisted men, but I would imagine the, the ratio is very, very tiny, meaning, you know, few lieutenants for a whole bunch of enlisted men. Well, there are now. Yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, until until I saw the pictures of Buka, I I, I was almost feeling sorry for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 absolutely no mercy. Like, no mercy. So my so um, Roman Skaskew, when when he was on this show, he talked about moving or or potentially buying a house in Ukraine before he bought a house ultimately in the United States. And they made this, the decision, I think, in December. And the place where he was going to buy a house was Buka. Wow. Oh, man. And, 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 his and those, neighbor, places, 
They're yeah. beautiful. When if you look at the pictures, yeah, before, no, that's right? a wealthy area. It's like a, it's, it, it is, it is, it's a well-to-do area. Yeah, Irpin, uh, Buka, all those neighborhoods are just beautiful. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, you know, you see the, 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 I mean, just like the like the bodies that were lying on the ground, and the telltale sign is like they're like they they their hands were tied behind their backs. Yeah, before they. Now, now there is there is one question that the media would not dare to ask, but I'm going to ask it now because it's it's possible. What do you think the probability that? And I'm not suggesting this. I want to be very understanding and cautious about this. But what do you think the prob the probability is that those people were collaborators, Russian collaborators? Oh, you'd have you'd have to give it some some level of of possibility for sure. Look that. It doesn't matter if it's Ukraine versus Russia, um, North Vietnam versus South, you know, any conflict like this, where you've got elements of um, uh, almost like a civil war going on, you know, in, in addition to just the normal wear and tear of, of being shelled every day, et cetera, um, collaborators don't fare well, you know? I, I mean, I hate to put it that way and I hate to be so blunt, but you're a traitor, you're gonna die if you get caught, period. And if all they got was shot in the head, um, that's yeah, probably lucky. Yeah, because it could have been worse. You look at like how the IRA in Northern Ireland would treat collaborators with the uh, the, the the British. I forgot if it's MI5 or MI6. Man, they there was a lot of torture going on there, and um, it, it was bad. Yeah, my 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 clan doesn't take well to disloyalty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm if serious. I can if I can mention another another YouTube channel, you know, um, with respect to what happened in in Buka and all that, um, I watched this this guy uh, Operator Starsky um, is is what he goes by. I think that's the name of his YouTube channel. But um, he went over some of that stuff and indicated, you know, he's a Ukrainian serviceman, right? So he's actively serving right now. And um, I don't know if he had to get permission, but I'm assuming he did. He was given permission to have a, his own YouTube channel to kind of do outreach to the West, speaks really good English, but he's been serving with Ukrainian military since 2014. He's been there a long time. And uh, right now he's doing special operations in the Kiev area. So he was assigned um, to kind of push in to Irpin and uh, Buka and these other places as Ukrainian forces took them back. And what he said in talking with the locals who had just been liberated, what he said was that he was getting the sense that, um, you know, not all the Russians were behaving badly, assuming, you know, the people in Buka were killed. Oh, this, is, this is important. You know? This is important because people, yeah. uh, particularly today, particularly the American media, make, like puts things in the black and white boxes. Right. Good and, 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 we need to, and you're like, which is why they have no credibility whatsoever. Right. So what I, you know, what we should all endeavor to do is try to be um, objective to some extent, right? But I, I don't want. I, I want you to continue this rep, but I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't wanna, I, there, there was because there is one thing that I want you to remind me of after you get through this is Putin's speech. You like offline. Yeah. You told me yeah. to to read it, and yeah. I had to go to. I had to literally go to the Kremlin website to find it. Yeah, and no, when I did. Bad. Well, let's let's we'll get to that after you get okay. to this, because because I, I want the audience to hear like what, what like there's stuff in it that I would say there's three categories. There's what the West reported, which was all the stuff that made him look like a bloodthirsty two lunatic. minutes of a, of a 30 minute speech, basically. 
so that was like aspect one. Aspect two yeah. was the mm. Russian response to the sanctions and how they were handling it, which was interesting. It was definitely interesting and informative. And then it, and it also there's lots of lessons for crisis management, communications management, et cetera. And then the third piece mm. was he took a poke at Western elites. And that was yep. the most fascinating part. But let's go back to what you were saying about right. Starsky and, and his discussions with the at least three elements that I can recall that you were right. talking about. Right. So the um, one of the elements was, I think, you know, somebody checked my map on this, but I think it was the Russian National Guard, which you and I were talking earlier, how that's, you know, that's not a, um, you know, a bunch of morons, right? These are supposed to be well-trained individuals. Um, and it's, it's not like it's not like the American National Guard, which is like controlled by the states. They're not active right. duty. They're they're not as um, honed or razor razor's edge as, as our active duty military because they're they're part timers to some okay. extent. And 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 again, I could be wrong. Maybe he didn't say National Guard. Maybe it was some other. Russian no, no. Force, but whereas so. the Russian National Guard is 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 literally was created in 2016. It's per, it's Putin's personal uh, Praetorian Guard, so to speak. Yeah, they're good troops. Um, yeah, but go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I want to so make anyway, sure people have the context. They uh, they were the ones looting, raping, um, you know, basically, you know, doing stuff that you, you really shouldn't do uh, in peacetime or in war to the civilians. So, so are these stories about the rapes real? Like, are they I I well, Obviously, I can't verify them from here where I am, right. but there are plenty of them and it doesn't surprise me. Um, but who knows? Uh, anyway, and then the second group, which I think he said were probably the worst were the Chechens. Um, they they really have no, you know, consideration or care for um, for civilians or anybody. They're brutal, just awful, awful. Um, you know, forget about the fact that whether or not they're good fighters, they're brutal fighters. And well, um, they, let me let me give the audience some examples. So yeah, in the in the first Chechen war. Chechen snipers would aim for Russian groins because it was humiliating. Uh, it was devastating from a morale standpoint, and it would disable them, right, and take them out of the fight. This, the second thing that they would do is they would hang Russian wounded or court rush or, or dead Russians upside down from windows so that Russian soldiers had to shoot through them in order to hit the Chechen soldiers. And then the third thing that they would do is under cover of night, they would infiltrate Russian positions, kill Russians, cut off their heads, and then stick their heads on stakes at the front of Grozny, you know, the entrance to Grozny, so that all the new conscripts rolling in would get an introduction to Chechen brutality. Damn. So that's, that's, that's kind of what that's, the way these guys yeah, fight now. I, I don't think I, I also changed. know friends. I also have friends who've um, encountered them in Afghanistan, and they never they never found them or captured, as far as I know. Right there, could, there might there might be they being the people I've, I've spoken with. There might be exceptions somewhere else, but they were never able to uh, capture Chechens alive. Mm -hmm. They would always just either you know set up a like a booby trap with grenade uh, people try to you know pick the approach them or they would um you know they just fight until they're until they were dead so yeah. they are they are fanatical warriors but they're also extremely undisciplined and brutal yeah 
anyway, sorry, I keep interrupting. No, that's okay. And then the last group um, that he said were actually very kind to, to the locals and acted like professional soldiers and would help the elderly, uh, you know, weren't robbing people, all that kind of stuff, um, were the, uh, the paratroopers, the VDV. Uh, and uh, which um, surprises me because the VDV have been getting hit probably hardest of anyone in, in that particular area. Um, but this is according to a local Ukrainian military guy. I have no reason to doubt what he's saying. Which is interesting because the VDV has a reputation for not military prowess, but for being the, like the regime's uh, tort, like bully tool. Yeah. Right? They have a reputation for being bullies. So if that's the case, like, you know, bravo, bravo to them for being, for yeah. being human beings. Yeah. So anyway, that's all that's, that's, that was, I thought that was a, a really kind of um, important piece to take away. And then, you know, we can, we can certainly now get back to your, your point about, uh, you know, what the Western media is doing with this, you know? Yeah. So, so we'll go, we'll do the, we'll do the Putin, the Putin speech, right? <laughs> so According to the media, the U.S. We're not U.S., but um, yeah, mo- mostly U.S. But it's also British media too. Um, they reported accurately on a one segment or portion of the speech, which was which made him look like a bloodthirsty maniac. And if you actually read the speech from the Kremlin, it made him sound like a bloodthirsty maniac. Like it was it was accurate. So yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly lines about like the traitors and like spitting out the. First, it was a midge. Then it was a gnat. Then gnat. it was a fly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have. I would think that the the Russians would have like you know a word that was very specific for fly, and they probably do. Yeah. Um, but I actually I can't remember. I, I think the actual Russian translation was, the Kremlin's translation was midge. I think. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong though. But anyway, they, they you know where you spit it out and like the blood of the the blood of the traitors and this and that like will be per like pure like the purify they actually yeah. use the word liquidated in the speech right the liquidation yeah. like which is like strong strong you know final no maybe maybe it wasn't liquidation it was final solution he used the words final solution but yeah a lot of it it kind of evoked those memories of world war ii and the germans yeah, so, so that part was pretty accurate. The interesting part, I would say the most interesting part, was there's a whole section on the actions that the Russian government was taking to mitigate the sanctions regime. Uh, and it was an interesting case study in crisis management and crisis communications. And it, the, the essential tone was, despite what, the Western media is saying, we got this. Yeah. We have enough cash reserves to get through this crisis. Um, we're going to ensure that you know, war widows get, you know, this much uh, a week for life, you know, like you know, st- stuff similar to that. We're going to make sure that, you know, we have enough food and, and, you know, this and that to weather the crisis or not a crisis, but you know, he couches it as the special military operation, right? So that was instructive. Like he's he it was a very like calm, calm, calming. You know, you get a calming sense if you look reading it from the perspective of the Russian people, and also a sense that like don't freak out. 
I've, you know, I've been able to get us through these crises in the past. I got this again. Just ignore the hype. Everything's going to be okay. Right. Very, very calming, very confident. Um, I was, you know, I was, it was actually fairly well done. And then there was the, the critique of Western elites, which unfortunately, and, and from the, and, and like the, the fact that the media didn't cover it means that it was absolutely witheringly accurate. Yeah. Um, can you recall like some of the stuff that it said? I'll, I'll, I'll throw in what I, what I can remember. Cause I read it. No, about. Go ahead. Cause no. it's been, well, I was, this is, if I recall, this is the speech that happened. It was like two weeks ago, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. and it was, it was to commemorate the, uh, victory in the Crimea. Right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no, maybe, 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 maybe we can just pull it up. Um, well, while you pull it up, let me, let me make a comment or two of just about um, my general views on, on what the West is and is not showing us, et cetera. Um, yeah, definitely. So the fact that, that we can't go on and see Russian propaganda on YouTube, uh, for example, and in other places um, really, I think is a is an incredibly big mistake. Um, I want to see what our adversaries are saying to their people. That's a critical component or a critical piece of information to keep myself informed, uh, both as a professional in this field, but also just as an American, to know what the Russians are saying to their people about how we're behaving and how they're they're turning the actions of our president. Um, to use uh, uh, as a tool against their population. And that, in fact, is what's happening right now. When you get Biden up there, for example, saying, um, you know, basically making a statement, I can't remember his exact words, but this guy's got to go. Um, yep. That, uh, that I get it. I get what Biden's saying. And I may agree with him as an American, but um, you've just handed Putin a big propaganda piece of ammunition that he can turn and use and say, see, see what I was telling you? This is, they want to destroy Russians. The West wants to destroy us all. And that's exactly what Putin has been doing. Um, so I think there's a, there's a, an element of, you know, both sides are playing this game. Uh, but really, should we, be, should we be acting like the Russians in this case, in terms of propaganda? Uh, because that's essentially what we're kind of talking around here, is that Western media is engaged in a full-on propaganda campaign. Speaking of propaganda campaigns, um, when, I, when I try to click on the Kremlin's... So I found the speech, like I found the link, Yeah, and I, I can't load it. Yeah, see, there you go. I mean, what... What is so harmful in words that people who want to study this and learn from it can't have access to it? Yeah, it's literally, so... I, I literally type in Putin's speech Kremlin, and then and of course it's not it's you know it's not the first thing that shows up. I got to like wade to the bottom. At least it's on the first page, and it's uh, you know it's it's called "Address by President of the Russian Federation." It was March 18th. When I click on it, it just stops at about one-tenth of the way just like the bar just stops oh like it's just look like first of all most russian propaganda is like cringingly bad yeah right it's like prima facie like just on the face of it is just unless nonsense. you're six years old sean you're gonna you're gonna be able to see what's the bs and what's what's accurate <laughs> 
but by like by cutting it off it, it, it just it makes me doubt my own side even more and it makes me ha- like feel like i need to check and triple check everything um speaking of which the other thing that has been censored apparently and i caught this on a channel four british news report love that i con- love those too those that's a great thing to watch uh, he, he kind of like the reporter kind of slipped so there's a ton of like on the ukrainian side and for good reason right there's a ton of oh, what's the word for it uh, like not quarantines but like they're, 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 it's it's heavily censored like there's things that journalists cannot report on for obvious reasons right it might it might involve sure confirming russian success in a particular area or it might Defensive reveal the location of all that Zelensky. Stuff. yeah yeah but we but the guy slipped he said that the in in kiev the russians had hit a very strategic location and huh. there had been a um blackout on that. I, I forget that there's a, there's a very specific term for this but there was a media blackout on it and they couldn't talk about it so he can't he couldn't say what target that was and you know i i get it for things like that but you can't do it in every single realm yeah. of society like it's just let people figure it out because they're going to sniff bullshit faster than you can possibly imagine absolutely and so, we've got enough people in america right now claiming that the war isn't even real right like and by yeah and by and and you know what it's not their fault like people want to say oh fox news they're idiots like uh no like you like our media like and and the government has have created the conditions for this to happen where people reflexively don't believe what they hear i'll be honest with you i reflexively don't believe what i hear it's i I triangulate i triangulate everything that is that I think is of consequence. And how do I triangulate? Well, I'll read, I'll look at Fox, I'll look at CNN, I'll look at MSNBC. And if those three sources agree on the same facts, I know there's a 75% chance that it's true. And And then what I'll do, and then what I'll do is, and then what I'll do is I'll look at foreign sources, um, usually The Economist, The Daily Mail, BBC, Channel 4, Deutsche Welt, actually pretty, pretty good. Aside from their like, their uh, theme song. It sounds like uh, an eighties discotheque. That's, like, that's, D- 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 that's D- DW, right? <laughs> DW. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're really yeah. good. They're really yeah, good because they're, they're close to it. They're close to it. You're leaving out uh, Al Jazeera. That was one. That yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the other thing too. Like if, yeah. if it's talking about the middle East, I will not look at Al Jazeera because yeah. it's like, it's like looking at the United States, like reading mm-hmm. a U.S. source about a news in the United States. It's going to be, right. it's going to be propaganda. Yeah. Right. So, but they are, yeah, they've been strikingly good as well. Like they're, they're really good uh, on this particular, on this particular. Now it'll start to get skewed once the Syrians uh, yeah. start being deployed into, into combat, which is like, oh, well, what is, what is Putin? To, anyway, I, I raised like six different things and I, and I still haven't answered the, the, the question that everybody wants to hear about what that other portion of the speech said. Right. I, I, I haven't gotten there, but you know what? I got to get my view times up. Yeah. Right. And this is like, I'm doing, I'm not doing this deliberately, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But anyway, <laughs> let, let, let's hit that. And then we can, we can, yeah, yeah. like we, we, we bring up too much and then like, <laughs> we gotta like attack each one, each segment separately. I'm keeping a note so I don't forget what it is that I, that I was about to say. Go ahead. 
Yeah, because I've already forgotten what you were about to say. Because I, I kind of had a sense of what you were about to say, but I, I forgot it already what the, what the topic was. So, so anyway, um, on the on the third kind of segment of this speech, it was about like again, it's been so long, and you know, if if Google would actually let me read the document, right? I could I could actually you know I, I could be a lot more accurate in in what I you know what I'm trying to say, but. Well, I, I should have just left it open until it until it came up, but uh, I'm just go, I'm going to go back to it uh, really quickly just to maybe if I'm lucky it'll it'll load properly at some point. I'm wondering but, if Rum, Rumble might have it. I'll I'll look on here while you're doing that. Wait, Rumble? I I, th I thought Rumble was a uh, YouTube video. Uh, I I thought they were separate and independent. There, you can find stuff on Rumble. You can find or not, not YouTube, but I mean, uh, but I, but I, I thought I thought uh, Rumble was a um, like a video platform and not not a. It uh, is. You can't find the transcript, but um, sometimes below it they'll have written stuff. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to let this thing load. It's probably going to load. Actually, here's the test. So if you you know watch until the end, and you'll see if this. If this thing ever, uh, if if Google ever delivers yeah, on, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Duck Duck Go, maybe Duck Duck Go, maybe Duck Duck Go would, uh, yeah. will, will have. Like, look, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm nowhere near a pro-Russian uh, sympathizer, but this kind of stuff really. Well, that's not what we're talking about, right? I, I'm anti-Putin as much as the next guy. I, you know, I right. think what what's going on here. I'm pro-Ukraine all the way. But I'm also anti-censorship. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a six-year-old. I don't need the government to hold my hand and tell me what I can and cannot listen to or read. That's that's yeah, that's I, going down a dangerous road. Yeah, and it's just it destroys their credibility. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Google's really making me work for this one. <laughs> here's a, here's one. Globalists hide Putin's speech from the world. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Like with a headline like that, you're like, this is kooky, crazy town, conspiracy theory. But it's, but it's like true. I, 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 I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's certainly it's pretty damn hard to get that speech. Yeah, there's nothing written, unfortunately. No, but there is. I read it. No, I know. I'm I'm saying on this on this uh, uh, rumble video, there's nothing written, and they they say it is a banned video. Oh well. Yeah, so you know what I'm, I was given, I was giving Google a hard time. I, I can't, I can't get it on DuckDuckGo either. So this is this is something beyond Google and uh, and, and we all we, we, that's chilling. Honestly, it's chilling. We all ought to be. So what what we're finding out is it's not just China that has the uh, the the Great Firewall. You know what what the hell's going on here? I, I, I'm I'm actually speechless that that my own government would. Yeah, would, would would sink to this level, and, and where I haven't I haven't heard anybody really reporting on this stuff. Let's just address like I am on your side, guys. I am on your side. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, and like I'm trying to help you help yourself. And right now, this this is not like this is completely unacceptable, right? So I, I mean, I don't I don't know who's doing this, but the fact that I can't load the Kremlin's website is outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, and you know maybe it's the Russians doing it. I don't know. You know who knows, but I don't think so. Yeah. Why, they, why? Why would the Russians want to do that? Like, yeah, they would want their word to get out to us as quickly and as widely as possible. So they wouldn't. 
But um, what I was going to say is the other thing, you know, um, kind of one of the, the I, I don't know what you would call this, but one of the, the places that Americans tend to go for their news in times like this are, uh, you know, independent sources, uh, other people's YouTube channels and those sorts of things. Well, that's not a solution either. I've been spending a lot of time looking at live cameras, camera feeds from Ukraine, um, trying to get a bead on what's going on where. The other night I was, I was watching live when Kharkiv was hit with white phosphorus. It was chilling. And, um, but in the comments of one particular channel, I, I, somebody asked the question, this was weeks ago before the Russians started their retrograde. And um, somebody asked the question, how come they're not shelling Kharkiv? And one of the moderators of this channel said, oh, because they don't have artillery in range. I'm sorry, how come the Russians aren't shelling Kiev? And the moderator said, oh, because they don't have any artillery in range of Kiev. And I said, I chimed in, you know, madly typing, no, 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 that's actually not the case. Um, the Russians have several systems that can, can reach out and touch you from 90 kilometers away, rocket artillery, smirch, um, the, the follow-on to the smirch, which I think is the tornado, um, and other things. And um, the, the moderator started arguing with me and saying that the Russians weren't within 90 kilometers of Kiev. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I said, Chernobyl is straight line distance, 94 kilometers away from Kiev. You could practically park a smirch battalion right at Chernobyl yeah. and hit Kiev. And um, I got blocked. Well, <laughs> it, who was this moderator? Like what? what? A, a guy named, you want me to give the name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like name and shame, name and shame, my the, friend. It was the fancy hat something. I'll have to find it, but you can probably look on YouTube. The fancy hats, apostrophe S, the fancy hats something. Well, how and, did you um, do it though? Were you were you were you were you, were you an a hole about it? Or you oh, like, I was. Yeah, I was totally. Once all right. Well, uh, well, once yeah, you gotta, you gotta you gotta present it. You gotta present it in uh in a um you know people, know people are gonna people are gonna block you if you're if you yeah. come hard at them and like hey hey idiot hey moron <laughs> hey Muldoon but you know what you're talking about. Then you've got YouTubers that have you know hundreds of thousands of subscribers capitalizing on this. And they've suddenly become experts in warfare and geoglobal, you know, like, and you're not getting good information from these people. That's not a place that you should turn to either. And so we're in this weird space where we're walking around the street and one of my friends started talking about how, you know, there's really no war. And uh, because they're watching YouTube channel XYZ and here's what's really going on with those, those, those bio labs, Putin's right, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I can't. Oh, Safari can't open the page en.kremlin.ru slash events slash. I'm not going to read the whole thing yeah. because the server where this page is located isn't responding. So we've been cut off from certain IPs. That's that's phenomenal. Is this for real? Can you reach, can you find RT? Can you go onto RT's website? Let's, okay. What, what is it? Just RT.com? I, I think I can. I think I can. Wait. Yeah, I, I can get on the, I can get on the RT. Okay. Um, yeah, but like I cannot get to the Kremlin's website. It's blocked. That's bizarre. Like, or the, or the, I, 
I, I got to be careful with like what, what language I throw. I can't say it's blocked because I don't know that. There's no way. Right. I know that, right. 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 Um, but the server is not responding. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let, all right let's 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 try another experiment. Let's go to uh, let's go to Chrome. I'm not I'm not going to give up this easily, man. This is this is this is kind of this, like this kind of like this is literally censorship by the government. If I recall, more on that speech was also Putin explaining how we got here and talking well, about. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Talking in, in truthful terms, because I know the history of this, talking in truthful terms about how, um, you know, he has warned the West about NATO encroachment on his territory. Now, on the one hand, so what, Putin? Tough, tough, you know what? That yeah, tough Ukraine, sh- Ukraine should have the right to determine you know, their own government, uh, whether or not they're in the EU, whether or not they're a member of NATO. But on the other hand, um, uh, I think that a little more weight should have been given by our you know, elites in, in planning uh, you know, this kind of move further east. And, uh, and, and potentially doing or taking actions that would either not appease is the wrong word, that would address some of their concerns. Um, you know, there, it seems to me like our only options weren't stay away from Ukraine or to hell with it, let's go all in. You know, there had to have been a range of things we could have done in the middle that, that um, I'm not sure we did. So I tried to load it on google uh chrome and it's um spinning it's still spinning jeez so so how do i i I, I, so here's another disturbing question does is it just is it just me is it it just certain segments of the the american population do journalists have access to it who knows? Do they have selective access? Like, how are they reporting on this if, if, if like, the average person doesn't have access to the Kremlin's website? I, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty fired up about this. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I am now more likely to spread Russian propaganda because of this. This yeah. is bullshit. It's, uh, it's a problem. And it's more than a problem. If Let's assume for a second that this is not Russia blocking U.S. IP addresses. This is actually well. Well, yeah. Let, let, for, let, actually, let's let's tease that one out first because that's. Yeah. And by the way, I haven't forgotten that there's that whole other section of the the speech that I'll talk about. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> I, I just I was just hoping I would just be able to read it from a website that was huh. you know just straight from the horse's mouth. <clears throat> apparently. But apparently, I'm not smart enough. I only have two degrees from Stanford and two degrees from Harvard. But I'm not smart enough to figure out what, like, how hey. to interpret this information. Hey, your government knows what's best for you, Sean. Would you pipe down? Just settle down there, little little. Yeah, guy. AOC, like high <laughs> IQ, knows what's going on. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene, also high IQ, like totally, totally under control. They know what they're doing. All right. Anyway, sorry. I'm pissed. I'm actually pretty pissed off. Like. All right, so, okay, let, let me step back. Let me calm down. Is there any, like, I want to be objective. Is there any possible reason the Russians would want to block access of, to that, that, that site? Is it, I mean, like, could it be because Anonymous is attacking them and, and things like that? So I want sure. to be fair and be objective. 
it, under those circumstances, it could be that a DDoS attack is going on right now, right? We don't know. Which which would you know would be like a third party actor, um, or a third party actor accidentally encouraged by, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who knows? Like, again, I'm, I'm, that's complete speculation. I have no yeah. zero knowledge on anything like that. But okay, so it's possible they're getting a DDO, like a, a DDoS attack, a denial sure. of service attack. All right, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't blame uh, immediately, like point the finger at the U.S. government or like the U.S. administration for making it impossible for me to go to the Kremlin website. Well, I'm looking at Reuters, and I think uh, you go to any Western media, they're only going to give you that two-minute, the summary of the two-minute segment. Oh, yeah, TC, TC, I've already been through that. Like, you're not you're not going to find yeah. what was in that speech reported in Western media. It's just... Well, where did I find it to recommend it to you? That's what I can't remember. Oh, I definitely had access to it. I, like, I definitely read the whole speech. Yeah. And and then it just since so I then too. I can't remember where I got it. No, you did. You did. You told me you read this transcript and you encouraged me to look for it. Yeah. And I went through, like I had to dig through all these Western media outlets, which all like ape the same exact thing about yeah. the midgets, the flies, or the gnats, whatever, you know, whatever flavor you want for the particular uh and that's both British, American, Australian. Oh, who who do, who by the way, who's the sun? Is that Aust- are they Australian? I think that's UK. Oh, UK. They're good too. They're really yeah. good. Um, uh, particularly if you if you do not have an aversion to seeing dead bodies. Um, but uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but they they definitely their their coverage is a lot rawer than most. Right. Um, okay, so so where were we on this? So you were gonna go give us the recap. Yes. Of that third <laughs> third section. Like 10 minutes ago, I was going to go the recap. <laughs> so it's a critique of like Western, Western elites. And one of the things that he's dead right about is the cause of the inflation. Oh, uh, right? yeah. Yeah. Oil prices have actually come down yeah. a bit. Right. And part of that is just releasing, and part of that is actually Biden's direct actions. Let's let's give credit where credit's due by releasing the strategic petroleum reserve, things like that. However, the majority when oil prices were increasing, when gasoline, which is still elevated, and people like media is so stupid, right? There's there's something called the crack spread, right? Which is all the the costs between a barrel of oil and a gallon of gasoline, okay? Because you have to put it, you, you, you have to put it through a refinery and things right. like that. And that's, there's gonna be a completely different or a different supply and demand dynamic for that. You're, you know, jet fuel takes one segment of what's cracked, uh, which is basically kerosene. Yeah, it's like that, a three, two, one spread or so. I forget, yeah. I forget, I forget. It's been a while since I've like- Gasoline is sm- a, narrow, a narrow part of the, let's call it a spectrum of certain chain links for the- uh, uh, for the molecules, et cetera. Yeah. So, so while gasoline and oil prices are positively correlated, they don't always move in lockstep. Sure. Okay. So to say that, like, I've seen all these memes <clears throat> and like, 
oh, oil prices are finally coming down. How come gasoline prices are going up? Like conspiracy? No, you idiot. It's not a conspiracy. It's a. It's like a, like you're talking about refining versus drilling, right? They're complete like two different industries, and there are things. There are different dynamics that that go on. So well, and don't so get me started on leases. Oh my god, and we keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they should move in the same direction in the long run, but in the short run, there's going to be these these supply demand dynamics that that will separate the two, and it's defined by this crack spread. Okay. But regardless of that, gasoline prices and prices throughout the economy in general were already elevated because of inflation, mm-hmm. right? Now, did after Putin invaded, did some of these things tick up a bit? Yes. But to attribute, like to call it Putin's inflation or yeah. is completely dis- like it is pure. It is the purest form of propaganda I've seen Absolutely. in this world. It's lies. It's complete yeah. lies. Well, no, there, there's some element of truth, right? Like there is some de minimis percentage. We we of, can of, we can debate when something becomes a lie or not. <laughs> if you're if you're using a kernel of truth to sell something that's not true. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> it, it is. It is not the sole and only cause, and it's not even the major cause of the yeah. inflation. The major cause of the inflation is, uh, you know, this 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 infrastructure bill where we're pumping in billions of dollars into the economy, and then, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, that's a whole other topic. You, you see, at least like foreigners are getting like freebies on the COVID. Okay, the COVID go back bill. back to Ukraine and Russia. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one doing that, TC. I'm supposed to be the one keeping us under control. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that he points out, Putin, that he points out is that they're blaming this inflation on me, i.e. Putin. It's like it's not true. It's you know related to these other these other actions and you're being lied to, which in that specific instance we absolutely positively yeah. are. Yeah. And um and again, I'm not coming at this from like a partisan standpoint if trump were in office they'd probably do the same thing right this is this is not a biden trump thing this is a uh like i don't want to use the term deep state because it's tinged with judgment and things like that but let's be honest there is a deep state for the majority of the time it's actually a good thing and the reason it's a good, I'm probably the only person who would ever say this, but the reason it's a good thing is, is I know there are, unel- there are unelected bureaucrats, but those unelected bureaucrats provide a sense of continuity from administration to administration. And if you follow this channel in any degree thus far, I think politicians, there's only one segment more incompetent than politicians, and those are journalists, right? So the last thing I personally want is this country to be you know, to zip back and forth like a gnat in in heat in terms of coming up with policy and things like that. So regardless, this is probably the deep state or or, uh, let me let me use less charged terms. This is probably folks in the in the and then I was I was about to say another completely charged term. I was was going to say the military. Yeah, I was going to say the military industrial complex, which is also like, uh, see, see, there's so much propaganda. I can't even come up with a a term that is not fraught (laughs) with problems. So 
there are folks who've spent their entire careers in getting the population on board with a policy that for the most part is probably good for that population. There'll be some winners and some losers, but it's probably good. And I think in this particular instance, they've gone a little bit too far because it's a fine line. And what they're doing is they're harming their own credibility. Yeah. Right. Like the fact that I can't go there, like I'm still chapped about the fact that I can't get to the criminal website. Well, it's, it's also like in terms of harming their own credibility, credibility, um, it really does. I'm not just saying this, you, you know, I'm, I raised the example of Putin turning around and, and being able to tell his population, see what Biden just said. They want to take me out. They, they want to do the same to you. Um, you know, when, when Putin can turn around and say, look at how the Americans are being lied to mm-hmm. and, and have that be fact, uh, that's, you know, it basically, it, it compounds the problem we're facing now, which is, um, will this escalate and how far? And, and then he also, I think, rehashes some of the, um, he, it's been so long, so please take all this with a grain of salt because I can't verify it now because either my own government won't do it or the, there's a denial of service attack that, that you know, prevents me. So, so I'm try, I'm, again, I'm trying to be objective but I'm really frustrated that I can't access this thing. I think he may rehash the last election in the sense that like- I don't he, recall that, but I may have missed that. I, 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 like, he's definitely trying to poke at areas of, oh, no, maybe something like, it was cancel culture. He had something about- yes. yes. Cancel culture, which he subsequently repeated in such a ridiculous way. Yeah. With yeah. J.K. Rowling. But yeah. in that particular speech, there might be something, again, I'm saying might be because I can't verify it. I read it two weeks ago and I don't remember exactly, but he definitely put his finger, he definitely has his pulse on the American on the American domestic pol- politics as one would expect from somebody with a KGB. KGB. Yeah. In fact, I think he's far more talented at turning us against each other as Americans internally than he is at prosecuting a, you know, a war in meat space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he should have just stuck to that because um, he would have won. He would have won if he'd done that. But now, now it's just like, I don't know. Should the Russians be allowed to have nuclear weapons? Like this right, is scary. Right. It is scary. And and nobody knows really, you know, I, I, um, I come back to your examples of Grozny for, for one and, um, and other examples throughout history. most recently Syria, uh, how the Russians behaved there. And I know that I'm not the first to make this analogy now, but I was making this analogy long before Christiane Amanpour came on and started, you know, voicing her concerns about it. And that is the Russians know exactly what to do to deal with situations like this and grind it out. And that is Mm -hmm. artillery, long range, reach out and touch them. Who cares about the civilian population? Everything's going to be leveled. Uh, it, it begins to kind of wear and tear on the mind for people living mm-hmm. in these cities. And then when they're ready to surrender and give up and everything, then hit them with chemical weapons. Even though they're ready to surrender and give up, just to remind them and show them um, that you know you can't do anything to counter the Russian power. Do you think? Do you really think he's going to do that? 
Oh, I think when we first talked, I can't remember. Let's go back and look at your videos. I said there's a, a small chance. Um, I think it's grown mm. dr drastically. I, I don't think Putin's going to get out of this by retreating, right? He's he has yeah, he got can't. to. He has we we haven't to. offered him an exit. Like like no, no. I mean, quite the opposite. We're telling him he's a butcher and a war criminal. We've shut the exits. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, and the, uh, the same thing with the Russian people too, right? So at the very beginning, I think that the again, everything with a grain of salt. We're talking about internal Russian polls, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add a few layers to that as I talk through it. But at the beginning of the conflict, it was 71 percent in favor. Uh, the last poll that I've heard reported was 83 percent. Yes, favor. I saw that. And now here's some here's some context. When people are getting these calls from pollsters in Russia, there is a strong incentive to say, yes, we're fully compliant <laughs> and yeah. because you might disappear. Right. If you don't want to go to jail or wind up in a gulag, you know, safer to say, yes, I support it. But that said, I also think the Western media is also wrong. Because what they do is, and, and, and this, is, this is why our own culture is in so much trouble, is because the loudest, um, you know, the, the, the loudest on the fringe are the ones who get all the airtime. So the loudest 5% get 80% of the airtime. So it creates this impression that there's, you know, remember, remember the defund the police nonsense? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, people in those communities are like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Like, are you insane? Yeah. <laughs> but government started reacting to it and enacting on those policies to very, very dangerous effect, right? Where it just became much harder to, to control. So, so when you see all these protests in Russia, our media, Again, I don't know this for sure, but this is just my gut. Takes one percent of the population and makes it look like everybody in Russia is against yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And look, if you're if you spent any time in the military, you spent any time in the intelligence agencies and stuff like that. I remember when we were bombing Serbia, right? And I was in the army, and we started singing cadences about killing Serbs, and I'm like. At the time when I was in the military, I'm like, this is kind of kind of effed up. Like I have nothing, I have nothing against Serbs at all. Right? Like I I it was just weird. Now I would still support my country. I wouldn't, you know, I, I and and there were reasons that we got involved in that war and things like that, but I was never a bit like a strong fan of it. I was never pro, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't protest it, right? I wouldn't like take off my uniform and like embarrass myself and, and do yeah. things like that so there's going to be some element of that like this is my country like right like i'm a russian and like i and and they've also been fed a lot of um propaganda but also some truth too right i'm sure that that like war in the donbass was not clean right i'm sure there were things so you're talking about the ira where like people were tortured and things like yeah. that like it's, I'm not saying it happened, but I, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it, I would be surprised if it didn't happen in some sense, especially, especially if the way like the Russians appear to be behaving as we, as, as Ukrainians come back in, into the, yeah. 
Kiev, Kievan suburbs. Like if you saw that and you were a soldier, right? It's I mean, payback even, time. It's payback well, time. Well, 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 I mean, like even like in the U.S. experience, right? There's a book yeah. called War Without Mercy. Yeah. And it's about the way that the Americans and the Japanese yeah. interacted in the island hop. Like there was literally no, no quarter. Yeah. No more prisoners. Right. And just to give you, just to give you a sense of what the Japanese used to do when they, when they, mm. when, I think when, when they returned, uh, the British returned to Singapore, what the, the Japanese used to do is they would, for British soldiers, they would cut off their penises stick them in their mouth and like was the soldier alive i don't i don't know i don't know but like they would find bodies like that so i mean you're goddamn right when like you're not like if you're an american soldier you're not going to get captured and you're going to like and you're and you're and and those guys like didn't take prisoners too yeah in many cases so i can see I can see some of that. I'm surprised it hasn't escalated that to that level already. And it may have, we just don't see it. Yeah. In fact, I would say it probably has. We just don't, we just don't see it. Um, where was I going with this? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be a good way to wrap up the whole question of media and, um, um, you know, having to understand that this is not a, a simple good versus evil thing going on here, that there are many sides and many facets. And when the media is only letting us see, you know, a third of those sides and facets, that's a problem. Well, we also didn't even get into the whole like Nazi thing. Yeah. Right. So like when the Germans invaded in 1941, the Ukrainians welcomed them with open arms. Right. And that's like on the surface, that sounds like, oh my God, really? I can't believe it. Well, you go go back to 1932 and 1933. The Holodomor and, and all that. Yeah, stuff, the Hol- right? yeah the Holodomor, right? Like they the the the, the it was a man made famine. Nobody the Russians starved them. Nobody in Eastern Europe likes Russia. Russia has been doing this to all of those countries, probably even before the 1917 revolution, probably back yep. in the Czar's days. You know, it, it there's there is a long history of Russia doing this kind of stuff to its neighbors and nobody wants to be a part of, of that system anymore. All right. So let's, let's ask one more question and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next, the next segment. How do you think? So, so right now the Russians have are pulling out or have mostly pulled out of the kind of North of, of Ukraine are clearly repositioning forces for the Donbass what, where do you think this goes from here? Well, you know, it's it's interesting in terms of, um, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned this originally about what they were doing before this all kicked off. You mentioned them doing this on the eastern side of Ukraine, where the Russians had forces placed, looked like they were going to invade. Um, but were they doing it just to keep people occupied there, right, and keep them in place? Um, Russia still has that problem, even if they pull out of northern Ukraine. They don't want all of the armies protecting Kiev from now shifting and going down to the Donbass, right? Um, are they still holding any ground there? Where? 
in in uh in the northern suburbs of kiev are they being, on the western well? side i'm gonna guess that no they don't simply because you know i told you i saw a video this morning of, of ukrainian soldiers in chernobyl which is almost right at the border yeah. um but certainly on the eastern side i think they are still at least semi-encircling uh Chernihiv to the northeast of, of well, I, I think i think i think i think chernobyl's on the eastern side so no it's on the west so is Chern- it's is on the it? western side of the river, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're they're kind of like at the same, what is it, latitude or longitude? They're they're both at that same kind of um level. Uh but um so you know, first of all, I, I don't know if I don't know if Russia has any competent commander who's thinking in these terms. Well, speaking of which, there's there's no there's no unified commander. Yeah, yeah. it's being run so, from 500 miles away in Moscow. So is anybody thinking what? we've we've got to keep the Kiev forces occupied and in place? I don't know. I don't know. Um, what is hey, the let, plan? Let, 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 let me tell you what would be the intelligent response. You want to like the force, like the gains that you made, you want to hold. You want to yeah. fortify because that is going to provide you with leverage in a negotiation. So and clearly, especially with Russian, been, clearly the Russians had been absolutely decimated on the western side of the river. Like well, they're not decimated enough not, not not to not to take Maytag uh, washing machines back into Belarus yeah. so they could sell, sell them. it at a, <laughs> yeah. at a bazaar. Like, yeah. like uh, but you know, they just they just sent up a um a, con- a conscript notice, uh, one hundred thirty five thousand. But isn't that again? I think this that is, is this is this is Western media propaganda. That is right normal. Now. That is normal right. spring conscription, but um, it becomes more important now in terms of getting those guys trained up. And putting them way out east, uh, where they can serve, so that maybe Putin can bring some more forces in from the east um, that aren't conscripts that know a little bit more about what's going on. Well, to, to your knowledge, I, I know it's a routine conscription. There's nothing um, salutary, or, or there's nothing major about that. But is the number consistent with what it normally is? I want to say yes. I think it is. It may be a yeah. little bit inflated, but I I'm not seeing any indication that. You know, people are stunned in Russia. Not that I would, given the, the the current blackout that we're getting from from Russian sources. But I kind of intuitively, I'm going to say that's 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 pretty much even with what it's been in the past. Okay. Um, but anyway, so you know, they've got this this thing going on down in Donbass, and you know, I think you saw one of the tweets I put out when the Russians took Izium. That was critical, absolutely critical. And um, I think they had taken it long before the, the Western media was willing to accept it, that they had taken Izium. But whatever. You know, now, I, now I haven't even heard it. The only one I heard them report they took was Kursan, right? Or right, Kursan. right. Well, Izium, they've, they, they basically set up their engineers, set up pontoon bridges in two locations. Uh, they got across the river. I can't remember which river it is in that area. It's not the Nieper. It's like some other... Um, you know, not major, not bigger than the Dnieper, but not minor either. Is it, is it Donetsk, Donetsk River, maybe? It could be. It could be that river. Um, so they, they got across, they encircled Izium first, and uh, you were seeing indications on social media that they had taken the south side because the north side of Izium is on one side of the river, the south side's on the other. Um, but the south side is where the crossroads is that leads up to, to Kharkiv, uh, northwest of Izium. And then southeast, it leads to major um, areas that you would have to take 
to cut off the dominance. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a critical supply line. Main supply Absolutely right. critical. Um, and so for them to take it, even though it's not a big piece of real estate, is, is, is pretty big. Um, so now the question is, all right, well, do the Russians have enough combat effective units to capitalize on that? I'm going to say no. I, I don't think at this point, I don't know. Um, but just intuitively from seeing how they've gotten their asses handed to them, I would not be surprised if suddenly we see a major counterattack and then Izium falls back into Ukraine's hands. But that's what they're, that's what I think they're going to try and do. And it is consistent with what you're seeing in, in the mainstream media, but definitely keep pushing in that direction to cut off um, the Donbass. That's where, that's where their major um, kind of regular army is, Ukraine's. Uh, and then deal with it um, uh, once they've surrounded it. Deal with deal with them once and for all. That's got to be their next move. Yeah. So if if I were Putin, I would keep this thing as far away from both peace and war as possible. Where, I mean, they're they're currently at full full hot war, right? But. What you want to do is you want to keep, or what you know, he would want to do is keep talks open, keep people talking, but nothing happening. Um, at the same time, he should be consolidating whatever gains that he does have, uh, rest and refit. For him, well, that's the problem. He's he needs time in order to get where he is, but those sanctions are gonna just absolutely well not destroy only that, him. At what point? Does Putin wake up and say to the West that all of the material you're sending is an act of war? Because time is on Ukraine's side in that sense, too, where the, the longer Putin waits. Uh, he, he's, he's basically already said it, though. Like As soon as we invoke the sanctions, he's like, that's an, act, that's an act of war. Well, that's true. The sanctions he has said that about. But I mean, I mean more than let's pretend that was rhetoric, right? I, I mean, a serious kind of. Um, statement like he like he had been saying for quite a long time that Ukraine is a red line, right? Um, something that we really need to sit up and say, okay, do we keep doing this? So, uh, so yeah. So, so if I were in his spot, I would definitely be trying to consolidate my gains, um, build more permanent infrastructure to hold what I have. Uh, you know, try to rotate new forces in as soon as possible for, you know, another offensive. Now, the question is, so this depends on what, what has already happened, and, and I don't have kind of access to that sort of information. So he still has his cyber arsenal, right, where he can, that's his, I would say, his main area of influence, with the, the West in terms of what he can threaten to do. Now, I'm surprised I have we haven't seen more of it, but that could just be because um, we, we, you know, we either, either attacks were thwarted or he just is being very calculating and rational. But that could be where his breakthrough could be is Look, if you don't stop supplying the Ukrainians, I'm going to start taking out your power grids one by one. Um, now that I think he did, if he if he were to do one of them, we would start 
bombing his forces in total, which we should for that sort of response. And I know that the administration has has communicated privately to Putin what the consequence would be if he used chemical weapons. I'm hoping they did the same thing with cyber. Uh, I don't know what those consequences are, but he's kind of stuck. He needs an off-ramp. Um, and then have you, I've heard anecdotally, I don't know if this is true, but like Shoigu is in extremely low graces right now with him. So to the, to the, to the point where they have to, they like strip search people before they go into the, into the Kremlin. Wow. You so know, I, I don't know I if that's true. I had heard that. I had heard, I think somebody was reporting that he had a heart attack or something. I, I don't well, yeah, know. I've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all I know. But you certainly don't see him as much as you used to. And it would not surprise me given Putin's penchant for, uh, you know, laying the blame on others that Shoigu has, uh, has gotten himself in some hot water here. Well, he and did he screw could. up. Let, let, let's be honest. Like he did, he did screw like, Putin's strategy, there was actually nothing wrong with the strategy. It was a good strategy. No, the Shoigu, execution. Shoigu had not um, done what was needed in terms of training, uh, building up his forces, everything. He, he, I don't even know if the guy really knew what was going on in his army. And, and of the two, neither really has an excuse. Putin should know, but Shoigu should really know and have been on top of this. And who knows? Who knows what conversations they had? But um, if you're the Minister of Defense, that's his title, right? Yeah. And your army falls apart. <laughs> Especially after you invested billions and billions of rubles into yeah, it. Yeah, the buck stops there. I, I feel bad for him, but I don't. I don't feel bad for him at all. Like yeah. he should have never been, like the guy has no military experience. The guy has yeah. absolutely no business being a defense minister of the second largest military in the world. Well, not only that, for, didn't he, I, I, I want to look at all the generals um, that Putin has. None of them have any experience that I would call credible. Uh, I mean, the, the ones that have died have, like all those well, guys. Yeah. Well, of course, right? they're the good ones. They're there with their men. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's the other thing the media gets wrong. It's if they're incompetent. It's just like no. that's a sign that they have like highly professional officers. They are losing. We're just the, trying the to fix. They it. can't afford to lose. Yeah, yeah. But this <clears throat> happens with Russia in every single war they get in. And you know what's really scary about that is they always overcome it eventually. Yep. Yes, they do. Through just sheer, like sheer meat grinding, basically. But I'll tell you what would set off alarm bells with me is if we do see a general uh, above and beyond the spring conscription, like a general draft notification that all men between ages, blah, 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 need to report to their local, you know, office for, for conscription, et cetera. Then that would raise the hair on the back of my neck. Yeah. And, and by the way, Putin has told his people that there would no, there would be no additional conscription. Now, <clears throat> knowing what I know about Russia, I don't think there would be a notice. It would just be like, if I were, Putin and I had the level of control he does over the state, it would just be embedded in that 135,000. In other words, like there's yeah. a general conscription notice, yeah, but it's be. really, but it's really 250,000. Yeah. That's, that's another good point. If the number they release publicly is 135, but the real number is half a million. Okay. That's, that's, if that comes out, that's big, that, that, that would be major. And, you know, another thing people don't realize is that like a lot of times when you look at um, 
Russian support for, let's say, this war. Um, okay, Muscovites have access to internet, are technologically capable, probably the people in St. Petersburg as well, uh, maybe Volgograd, but there's a large number of towns and villages and all sorts of settlements throughout Russia where that isn't the case. They're still, you know, they're still back in 1950, 1960, um, you know, in village life, and uh, they're, they're not seeing anything other than what the state puts out there on TV. TV is the main source of information for a large percentage of Russia. So um, there, there may be real support, even with the kind of, uh, you know, the pollster data being skewed based on what you and I discussed just a few minutes ago. All right. Well, with that, if you have any other ideas, audience, about what you think is going to happen next, just put it in the comments below. And maybe we can have some future episodes on that. And also, please, for the love of God, people, subscribe. Please subscribe. Good God, you're all watching, but no one's subscribing. So just, just a button, click it. All right. Thanks again, TC. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.